Hi there! Welcome to episode 46 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. What you were just listening to was a track from the original Doom for PC. It's one of the many horror-slash-Halloween-themed songs you'll be listening to tonight, as Matt and I keep up with a Geekade's 31-day of Halloween tradition. Turn up the volume and turn down the lights. It's time for the Waveback Halloween Spooky Special 3. <laughs> In case you're new to the show... <laughs> We're idiots. <laughs> In case you're new that. to this show, what we like to do around here on Halloween is hunt down some of our favorite spooky music and make a special mix just for you. The game selections are always eclectic, to say the least, and this year is no different. Matt and I have spent the last month narrowing down our choices for this year's spooky special, and I gotta say I'm pretty excited about the results. Normally, this is the part of the show where we delve into the history of the games and uh, their composers, but since everything is coming from different places and people, we'll just go about them track by track. So before we go any further, Matt, how are you? I am great. Thanks for asking. Uh, been very busy. Yeah, the, the month has surely gone by very quickly. Seriously. A lot of stuff's happening in my personal life. A lot of um, next level changes, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, Graduating. you know, looking forward to the future. <laughs> As am I, as am I. Uh, so this episode's going live on Halloween. Uh, we're recording it uh, a bit early, so I have plenty of time to edit and whatnot. But uh, I, I, I love putting this thing up on Halloween, and I'm probably going to post repost the last two that we've done as well, just because you can never have too much good spooky video game music floating around in your life. Absolutely. And so without further ado, let us, uh, let us start. So... Um, I picked six tracks, Matt picked four, and we're going to kind of alternate, and uh, we'll, we'll just talk about them as they come up. So the first track that we're going to do tonight is one of, one of my picks, and this is Shade Man Stage from Mega Man 7. Uh, this is by Yugo Takahara, who composed music for Final Fight 2, the Super NES version of Aladdin, and the original Street Fighter Alpha. Um, let's see, it's kind of hard to narrow this down to exactly who did what tracks. There were three composers listed for Mega Man 7, so, um, uh, Yuko Takahara was the first one, uh, Yoshihiko Horiyama, who recorded, who did, uh, Mega Man X, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney, and Onimusha 2, and Makoto Tomazawa, who did Mega Man and Dr. Wily's Revenge, the original Resident Evil, and Dino Crisis. So, um, lots of Capcom work. Uh, whoever the, the folks who did the Mega Man 7 soundtrack, lots of Capcom stuff. Matt, uh, have you played Mega Man 7? Uh, you know, I have not. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Mega Man series as well. Um, one of my biggest triumphs is, as an adult this year, I finally beat Mega Man 2. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I owned it as a child, and it was infinitely way too hard for me. The only way, the only reason I beat it... Yeah, Mega Man games are tough. Yeah, the only reason I beat it this time was I bought, like, the the pack for whatever xbox live and you're able to save oh okay so that was really that was really the saving grace that saving grace huh yeah i know what i'm doing (laughs) i know what i'm doing (laughs) well mega man 7 was uh the first um it was a mainline series mega man game we had already segued to mega man x for the 16-bit era but then we got a proper sequel to mega man 6 and there's a decent amount of hate out there for this game and i don't understand it. It's actually one of my favorites in the series. I think it's got phenomenal music, some great robot master designs. And uh, the reason I picked this uh, particular one is because Shade Man is a vampire robot, which really doesn't make a lot of sense when you think about it. But um, does he his, does he suck oil? 
I, you know, I don't know what he sucks, but uh, he will grab you <laughs> and bite your neck. <laughs> he, he will grab Mega Man and chew on his neck and your life will slowly drain, which, um, well, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite show already. <laughs> What's super cool about this... Um, so the ver- there's two act- there's actually two versions of the music that you can play in Shade Man stage. Um, what we're gonna listen to is the original composition for the stage, which is the you know, just the new music they made for it. But uh, if you play through the stage, you'll notice pretty quickly that it is very heavily themed after the Ghosts and Goblins series. And if you press a certain button combination when you select Shade Man, it will change the music to the Ghosts and Goblins theme, which is freaking awesome. Um, but we're I like that little Easter egg. It's it's a oh it's it's great. Even when you choose him, uh, like instead of doing that, it does the whole ghouls and ghosts map screen thing where it goes. <laughs> it's so cool, man. That's that's see, I like when games Easter egg, you know, like their own companies and stuff. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the uh, appearances per se, mm-hmm. but I like you know just the just a hint, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. I do. <laughs> All right, so without further ado, let us go ahead and listen to Shade Man from Mega Man 7. That was Shade Man Stage from Mega Man 7 for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Matt, how'd that one make you feel? <laughs> I, I dug it. Um, you know, in doing the research for this episode, I picked quite a few different horror-themed games, and I think what I was listening to, I kept feeling like, oh, you know, some of this stuff is actually kind of scary or it induces some kind of uh, feeling of dread or what have you now listening to your first pick i'm i'm coming to realize that i think 
the 8 and the 16-bit, maybe even the 32-bit generations of video games kind of had the same central theme or maybe instrumentation, I don't know, when it came to writing, quote-unquote, spooky music. Levels that were spooky, whether it's a dark forest to fight a vampire or... Hmm you know, what have you, they all had the same central kind of feel and vibe. And and this track falls right in. Uh, I think it's I think it's actually a really good uh, track. And I, this is kind of something I think I would listen to, like, while I'm, I don't know, editing photos or something. It's it's like peppy and upbeat, but it's still... I it, Even if you didn't tell me it was from a level where the character was a robot vampire or whatever, I would kind of get the sense just from playing video games at such an early age up until as we speak, I'd get the general sense that it was a um, a level that was some kind of horror theme. Yeah, it definitely has that kind of, um, you know, it kind of pulls from, I guess, what is it, the... Uh, that just that spooky kind of like do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, that kind of thing that's going on in the background, the high-pitched uh, whatever that, what the heck yeah, that instrument it's almost, is. Yeah, it's it's almost like um, when you listen to music with uh, more standard instrumentation, mm-hmm. it almost sounds like uh, that's trying to be those those kind of light synths that maybe invoke some level of fear or dread, perhaps when you hear them. Well, I think that's one of the things that I like so much about the Mega Man Seven soundtrack is that the Super Nintendo was more than capable of of you know reproducing some very realistic sounding instruments. I mean, just listen to the Mega Man X soundtrack and all the the guitar tracks that are in there; they sound awesome. What I loved about the Mega Man Seven soundtrack is in in its entirety is that it seemed to really go for video game music. It it did it didn't really seem to stray too far from like the instruments that they used and everything were all very just video gamey. They're very unique sounding. They don't sound like they're even trying to imitate real instruments so much as they're just making video game noises. And it, it just fits in with the general feeling of Mega Man soundtracks, you know, like they all have that kind of specific uh, energy to them, that specific feel to them, which uh, they really lost track of in Mega Man Eight. But that's a that's a podcast for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, definitely the the Mega Man series as a whole, especially the old uh, uh, Nintendo versions. It's like this weird mix. Well, I, I don't. I, I I even take that back. It's not even a weird mix. It's a game that is set in the future, twenty XX whatever. You know, so you have to kind of keep a level of. Um, rockets and robots and you know Mm -hmm. some kind of sci-fi element so a lot of the music i feel should be i don't want to say peppy but it should be driving because you know it's a platformer you're moving forward very action shooting robots yeah yeah, it's very action based but at the same time you know how do you keep that action pacing in music and give it themes you know you you go off and you fight Woodman. Well, what does the wood music sound like? You go off and fight Cutsman. You know, what's a scissors sound like? You know what I mean? So I think it, I think that's a fantastic job there. Uh, Shade Man's definitely a great track. I, I will actually listen to this after this episode again. Awesome. All right, Matt, why don't you introduce us to our next track? So uh, when tasked with finding spooky music, I think I... I feel like I I think uh, if I keep doing this show, I'm always going to be the kid that kind of misunderstands the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's not to say I'm doing things wrong or whatever. It's, uh, you know, we just interpret things a little differently. And uh, I think I kind of touched on it when I mentioned uh, spooky music uh, in 8, 16 and 32 bit games, um, kind of having a general 
uh, uniform kind of sounds. Uh, so in listen in in requesting particular game soundtracks from you, which by the way I will continue to thank you <laughs> immensely for, um, I I stumbled upon that uh, notion, and so I wanted to kind of get away from things and and when we. When you mentioned to me we're going to do a spooky music episode, the first game that really in my life invoked any kind of sense of dread or not so much fear, but like edge of my seat, anxiety, instantaneously, Doom. We we played it at the top. Doom by far and wide is one of my favorite franchises of all time. Uh, I was so blown away when the last one just came out for the uh, newest consoles. But I can't wait to play it. I'm, Oh, yeah, you're going to have a blast because Doom 3 was great. Again, uh, this is a story for another podcast. Doom 3 was great, but it wasn't Doom. Exactly. And they went yeah, back, I felt the they same went back way. to their roots. Yeah, it went right back to their roots. So my pick is from the first Doom. Uh, it's a song by the name of Suspense, and it was written by or composed by Robert Prince, who has done uh, Duke Nukem 3D, uh, Rise of the Triad, and Commander Keen. I think this song if you in the confines of doom playing it just uh, just invokes such a anxiety in me and and that to me like the pulse pounding uh you know what's around that corner Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that's that's the stuff for me this song in particular i have a hard time listening to without hearing the sound effects in my head like, it's so hard to separate that, like, walking through that game and then hearing the, like, the, the growls and stuff from around the corner. Because mm-hmm. that was the one of the coolest opening. things about Doom was, like, you'd be walking around and if there was a one of those, like, pink, like, dog demon things, it's just, like, you hear this, like, yeah. like, they're getting up and they start rushing at you and, like, shit, mm-hmm. he's coming. And if you don't have the chainsaw, what are you going to do? They just keep keep backing up keep pumping him full of <laughs> shotgun shells and hope there's not a wall too close because he'll keep coming <laughs> oh yes they will god i yes, love doom will. i love doom i know i know man i know let's right. let's get into this let's man. Let's, let's do, do it all right here is our track number two suspense from the original doom this specific version is from the original ms dos release enjoy
right, that was Suspense from the original DOS version of Doom. And, uh, oh boy, what a, what a track. Yep. It's not overly complicated, you know, it's, it's not super no. complex, but it is so nope. unfathomably effective. Like, just the way it very subtly builds on itself with every iteration. It just, it plays this very basic set of notes, and then each time it repeats itself, it just adds one more really subtle element and uh mm -hmm. it's 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 just it's wonderful you really took the words right out of my mouth what i was going to say was essentially how it it starts very simple those violin uh you know and then every iteration every time it loops back around there's something new that that whole synth at the beginning immediate sense of dread immediate sense of dread oh yeah absolutely then, even then, even this ms dos version like that's the sounds that the, the instrumentation is just it just instills doom <laughs> it is yeah it is you no put those you it. put those violins on top of it now the hairs on the back of your neck standing up you yep. know yep. and then and then it comes and then at one point right in there there's just one kick drum yeah out of nowhere just poof, and it's like whoa you know and again so one of the things i wanted to bring up uh, is when I was like 13, Nintendo Power was still coming out and I was still getting it. And they had this article about how to take a signal, an audio signal out of your Nintendo and make it a stereo signal to send it to uh, like a radio or speakers or a home theater. You know, you're talking 1993, 94. And I went ahead and did that. Hmm. So... What I was doing at that point is when everybody would leave the house, I'd be home alone. I'd shut all, you know, cover all the windows, turn off all the lights. I'd sit like inches from my television screen and I would crank doom. And like, like you said before, the sound effects would scare the crap out of me because it'd be oh, dead yeah. silent. And then <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And that's I used to scare myself like that. And even to this day, when I played the new doom. Did the exact same thing. I blacked out all the windows, yes. cranked my television, and I sat about a foot from my TV and played. Oh, I cannot wait to play the new Doom. Uh, getting oh, back it's to fantastic. That, getting back to that kick drum though, which is really really neat about this, is that when that kick drum first comes in, like you just naturally expect it to turn into a drum beat, and mm -hmm. it doesn't. And that's like nope. it seems like it's so <laughs> intentionally unsettling. Like the song is telling you something to expect. And now you're on the, you're just, it's like giving you musical blue balls. You're just like, wait, where's the rest <laughs> of the drum beat? Where is it? And it, it, they did the same thing with that, um, that little like, uh, a cymbal flare. It was just like, yep. like, wait, where's the rest of it? And what, so it's like, you're expecting this whole it. thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it builds this expectation for you just based on your basic knowledge of music. And subconsciously, yep. you're hearing this while the rest of the insanity of the stage you're playing in is going on. And it just it so brilliantly adds to the tension of what's happening in the game. I, I love this piece. There's uh, a few episodes, not more than a few episodes back, I talked about um, Rocket Knight Adventures and um, the boss music does something really similar. It's a very different kind of song, but just really playing with your expectations of basic music composition. Even if you don't really think you know this stuff, just from how songs are supposed to go, you just kind of know it. And all this is happening subconsciously while you're playing. And this is just one of those really brilliant ways of using music to enhance the game experience instead of it just being a song that plays in the background. It's it's just brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, I, I 
couldn't agree with you more, honestly. Like you, musical blue balls. You had me at musical blue balls. <laughs> Speaking of blue balls, Sonic <laughs> Two. Oh, <man. laughs> Genius! I'm awesome. Uh, so the next mo- next sure. song comes from Sonic the Hedgehog Two. Uh, this is this is going to be quite the ninety degree turn. This um the the song that I picked is the Mystic Cave Zone, which isn't specifically like a haunted thing, but it always kind of seemed that way to me. And you'll get this out of the 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 music is that there just seems to be a lot of those kinds of themes of eeriness almost like eerie carnival type stuff going on to an extent like the instrumentation and the way this works and you know the the stage itself is kind of creepy you're in this just creepy dank cave and it's not like i said not specifically haunted it just kind of always felt that way and that's why i picked this song because it just makes me think of halloweeny creepy music so uh sonic the hedgehog 2 soundtrack we did this way back in Oh, goodness. Our Sonic 2 episode was, I think, our like third or fourth episode, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't even go back, but it was really one of our earliest episodes. And um, this is done by Masato Nakamura, who hasn't done a lot of other video game work, as far as I can tell. Um, but he did do uh, you know stuff for various uh, TV commercials and movies. So, yay. Uh, he was supposed to come back and do Sonic 3, but there was some sort of um, money dispute, and then there was the whole story of the the soundtrack of sonic 3 and michael jackson and well that's just do some internet research on the soundtrack of sonic 3 it's it's pretty fascinating and a damn good soundtrack but sonic 2 oh boy what a great soundtrack this game has and this is a fantastic track so let us dive right in to our third track of the evening mystic cave zone from sonic the hedgehog 2 Cave Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Ooh, I love that song. 
There's something about that song, and I think it's when the kind of uh, twinkly melody comes in, mm-hmm. and it it reminds me. It's it has like the same kind of uh, maybe first eight or ten notes of, you know, da, 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 like the carnival yeah, music, and for a lot of people, I know that's thing, a trigger. Yeah. yeah. So that some I I wouldn't be surprised if listeners are like, "Ooh, carnival music! Oh, that that's really scary." <laughs> yeah, like it just kind of naturally is, and uh, it's um. That freaking baseline, man! <laughs> that baseline is so good, and it's it just it it's really, it's really it's really like moving and thumpy. I dig it. Yeah, I definitely it, dig it. it. It drives the song so thoroughly, like it really builds. It's like it's really built around that that doom 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 doom. It's like it's really built around that, and it's just you know slightly funky. It's it's just wonderful, and you know then you get to that part where it almost sounds like there's like a creepy theremin or something going in the mm-hmm. background that's kind of your like more traditionally spooky scary ghosty noises but it's just it's super upbeat it kind of reminds me of like you know it's spooky in like the way michael jackson's thriller is spooky you know it's it's that mm-hmm. kind of halloweeny music and uh i i, I love right. this damn track it's it's so cool I, it's definitely a good track i uh i did have uh ironically enough i did have flashbacks it, it did remind me of playing the game i remember being blown away by the game because now you can play sonic and his partner tails now granted mm-hmm. it, it wasn't the greatest um i don't know execution of a two-player <laughs> game but still nonetheless it was like oh man and i remember very specifically playing with a, a you know my childhood best friend and just you know just being elated that you could you know play two <laughs> players on sonic the hedgehog yeah. and being that tails character and then falling off the side of the screen or something and but or being yeah, in those half-pipe bonus stages and getting hit by the bricks. <laughs> and they're just like, you lost all the rings. Now we're not going to get the Chaos Emerald. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked being uh, Tails because, yeah, you you know, you, you lose the Emeralds. Uh, excuse me. You lose the coins or whatever. Or rings. Sorry. But uh, you would die and the level wouldn't end. Yeah. you And like, then like, he was like his a meat minute shield. later, he just comes. <laughs> he's a freaking meat shield. <laughs> <laughs> a meat shield with two tails. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes like helicoptering in, like just off the side of the screen. Like, no, nah, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. The whole time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sonic Two, such a such a great game, and I I love that track. So, all right, we're gonna move on to our next track now, and uh, this one this one surprised me a lot um, because, uh, well, I'll I'll, I'll let. Uh, I never heard this track before because I've never played this game. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, when I first listened to it, I've only listened to a few seconds because I, as soon as I found out who wrote it, I kind of lost my mind. So, um, Matt, what's our what's our <laughs> next track? All right. So in my search for spooky tracks, I kept thinking I need horror based games, and you know, I I really dug deep. I, I tried to start as far back as possible. I'll, I'll, I'll give an honorable mention actually at this point to Ghost House from the Sega Master System. Mm. Um, I was really hoping something would have hit me from that game and we talked about it prior to recording that you listened to a track a couple times and you thought oh it would make the cut uh for me it didn't um you know i maybe we'll maybe we'll bring it back or maybe we'll just link it i don't know but so i moved on to nintendo and one of the first games that came to mind was a nightmare on elm street and i remember playing this game more as a a 20 something year old because i had a I have a, I mean, I my my NES works, but I don't own the game. I had a friend who owned it, and we played it, and we were just like laughing, you know. 
at how like primitive and how hokey it is, you know, having seen the Nightmare on Elm Street series and stuff. Um, but uh, of all the soundtrack, or excuse me, of all the tracks from a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, and Nintendo, the the track for the second house really stuck out to me as a as a spooky track. Like it definitely, again, like Doom. I, for me, it instilled a level of uh, what horror music should be. Like, you're going to make a horror game. There should be some kind of horror music. I understand the limitations of what 8, 16, and 32-bit uh, games, you know, left for music. And so working within those confines, you know, I, 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 I'm giving you, I'm giving you some leeway. But this track, honestly, is is a is a track that I think sticks out as something that if heard uh, separate, disembodied from the game, you would kind of get a sense of, uh, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck standing up or perhaps like a sense of dread or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was written by David Wise, who did Wizards and Warriors, which is one of my favorite games growing up. Donkey Kong Country, like for, uh, is that 64? That's uh, Super Nintendo. Um, Excuse me, uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, somebody else did the 64 one. Why, uh, Grant, Grant Kerp, Kirk Hope did uh, the 64 one. <laughs> Donkey Kong Country, which at the time was ahead of the game, Rareware doing, you know, new things. Great game. Great, amazing soundtrack, actually. And Cobra Triangle, which I is not um, ringing any bells for me. but Oh, it's another classic Rare game. I think we did an episode on Cobra Triangle. I think. Boy, I'm, f- I'm forgetting what we've done on this show before in the past. Or... 40, listen, 40-something episodes, <laughs> you're, you're allowed to... Because I, I, be I've Cobra Triangle has been on my list since I started this show, and um, oh, I mean, you've heard if you're if you've listened to this show in the past, you know that I've I have gushed about my love for David Wise. <laughs> I he's he's incredible. He's one of my favorite video game composers of all time. Uh, he's just done incredible stuff, and um, this this when I found out that he did the music for a friggin' LJN game, I. Uh, I was shocked. I was uh, just shocked and amazed. I had no idea that uh, this was something that he did, and so I'm I'm really excited to listen to this this track in full. I've decided to kind of hold off on listening to it uh, in full because uh, I just wanted to yeah just abstain and wait until the uh, until the actual episode to to give it a good proper listen. So uh, I am I am excited and ready to roll. Um, yeah, it, it, it's funny that you, the way you mentioned this. Um, song being really eerie even considering the the limitations uh of the time because last year's spooky special i did a song from goonies 2 for nes which is a very similar situation where even if you had just listened to it on its own never having played the game or have any relation to anything the song itself is so innately spooky it just it really just it has always been really unnerving to me so i'm very excited to hear this track I'm I'm super happy that I managed to uncover this gem and in your research you just got to like connect another dot. All right, let's listen to The Second House from A Nightmare on Elm Street for the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs>
So how did that grab you? Oh my god. That was amazing. Holy crap. I did not see that unbelievably gorgeous bit in the middle coming. I did not see that coming from a, a million miles away. I just what it, I it's, what I love oh. about that. <laughs> so it it what I get from this track uh, is that like you get this like uh, sense of urgency, bum 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 bum, mm-hmm. and then it hits that that almost angelic part, and you're just like, oh okay, like it's safe now, it's safe, and then bum 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 bum. So it, it's really, in my opinion, it's playing with a gamer's emotions. Oh, you play with my yeah. emotions, you got me. And it's it's crazy how well it 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 works. I mean, this is just such a testament to how amazing David Wise is. It's I it's astonishing how well that works because it it, it in a way it reminds me of the original NES Metroid theme where it's this you know big sense of dread like. Mm. Dun, and then it just mm-hmm. kind of segues into this really, really beautiful bit and then goes back down to that. This is kind of like that, but on steroids, because it's so <laughs> it even kind of plays with with the volume, with how many of the tracks are playing at the same time. Like when it comes back into the that kind of part where it kind of loops back around to being terrifying, like before it gets back into the really fast part. It's it's amazing. It's oh, my God, this was so wonderful. I I'm was not so expecting glad. that in the least. Oh, I'm, boy. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not very versed in uh, video game music and composers. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not even a student in this in this realm to you. But I'm very happy that I uncovered, you know, some kind of treasure for you. And uh, just, just from you talking about it, you're, you're so amped about it that now I will go out. <laughs> And I'm gonna I'm gonna look up uh, David uh, David, David Wise's Wise. stuff. Oh, oh, we're we're doing very soon. Just, uh, next oh, we're year. just gonna do a David Wise episode. Oh no, um, I I just finished Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze recently, and I am so okay. ready to do an episode on that because they brought him <laughs> back, uh, David Wise, to oh. do the Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze soundtrack on the Wii U, unencumbered by any sort of technical limitations. It's just full on amazing and oh oh, i already have the track list picked out for that one that's happening sometime (laughs) next year oh and now i just looked back on on itunes no we have not done a cobra triangle episode so i gotta do one of those too oh there's so many things to do but uh, oh my god this was uh, this this was really quite and it quite a remarkable track i'm i'm see and i was never much of a horror movie fan um neither neither was i honestly so, so I kind of steered clear of this game. Um, I did play mm-hmm. kind of an embarrassing story. I played uh, the Friday the 13th game at my friend's friend Joey's house and mm-hmm. uh, gave me nightmares. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was because of the music. There was something really, really unsettling about the sound and the kind of like quasi crappy graphics that were going on in that game. there was just something really unsettling about it and it, g- it gave me nightmares and i just never never went back and i've never seen a friday the 13th movie i've never seen a, a nightmare on elm street movie before i've never seen any of them um uh, you, if if we could touch on that for a second it's funny you say that growing up i wasn't a horror fan either um even as an adult i'm not really a horror fan per se but um one of the things that uh got me kind of into horror sorta is uh my 
I guess I can say this now because it's going to happen in a couple weeks. My wife, she um, she's a very big horror fan. Her favorite franchise is Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, but, you know, so she was always like, let's watch, let's watch. And I would indulge and say, oh, okay, sure. And, you know, something stuck. But the release, the recent release of Friday the 13th for Xbox and PlayStation, uh, the 7 versus 1, them bringing in or using the music from the series, the film series, just a great addition. And so now what I've done is gone back and binged. I'm attempting to binge watch all the Friday the 13th movies for good, bad or worse. So well, if you've... I, I understand what it is to stay to steer clear of the games like, oh, it's Friday the 13th. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not playing that game. It's going to be too scary. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've been uh, paying any attention to them, but uh our writer Alex Azar uh, writes for the the website. He's been doing mm-hmm. um, covered movie mausoleums on Friday the Thirteenth movies uh, all this month, every week. Yep. And uh, yes, I have. Boy, editing those has been fun because uh, I didn't realize <laughs> uh, the the third one, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, was basically just a movie about him getting dressed. It... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and now you know, he has his you... shirt, and now he has the hockey mask, and now a bunch of people die. Right. The end. <laughs> When 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 you really boil it down, yeah, I guess it is a movie about a, a surly man getting dressed. <laughs> okay, so so we're gonna move on to our next track. Uh, this one I picked. It's weird, and I'm very happy about how weird it is. This is this is such a complete and total ninety degree turn from where we just came from and where we're going <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it puts a big, big, dumb smile on my face. So um, we did, uh, not too long ago, um, I gushed and gushed about uh, the Rhythm Heaven game. Uh, episode 36, we did Rhythm Heaven Fever, uh, which is one of my favorite games, period. It's I, I honestly think this is one of the most underrated and amazing video games I've ever played in my life. Rhythm Heaven is joy in video game form. Um what this one is, is a, a level in the game called Sneaky Spirits, which is a uh, sort of a, a remake of an earlier one from, the, I think, the original Game Boy Advance Rhythm Tengoku in Japan. So the way this game works is there's a ghost, and you are a bow and arrow. You don't have a bow and arrow, you just are one. And it's pointed <laughs> at a door, and there's a series of ghosts that pop their heads out behind a bush, and you're supposed to shoot them with arrows as they go in front of the door. Because this is Rhythm Heaven, and it is pure insanity. Uh, <laughs> have you ever played a Rhythm Heaven game before? I, I have not, no. But just your description alone makes me want to go out and, and play it right now. I, I, I cannot recommend a specifically Rhythm Heaven Fever enough. It is a, it is a damn masterpiece of a game. Um, and this music is very bizarre, just like a lot of the music in uh, Rhythm Heaven is. It is by Sunku, um, who is it doesn't didn't do a whole lot of video game stuff other than the Rhythm Heaven series, uh, and also something called the Hello Project, which is um, just wonderful music stuff that he has done in Japan. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's listen to Sneaky Spirits from Rhythm Heaven Fever. I did record a version that has the sound of the game being played, because otherwise it's just a very simple song, and this makes it ten times more weird and just a little bit creepy. (laughs) So here you go. Fantastic. Sneaky Spirits from Rhythm Heaven Fever. Enjoy. 
hell did i just listen to (laughs) what what was that i feel like i was watching requiem for a dream (laughs) that was so bizarre it's somehow even weirder when you see it with the game (laughs) so like the trick is is like you you heard how it kind of quiets down Mm -hmm. you have to keep the rhythm going in your head because that sound is the sound of you shooting the ghost and so like you'll see when that sound effect happens like everything slows down and you see an arrow just go through a ghost's nose and he's like really (laughs) upset about it (laughs) and so they'll do this bit where they kind of set you up like you hear the little and then you hit it when he shows up by the door and then it starts doing these things where they just keep hiding behind the bush and you have to keep the time in your head and shoot the arrow when you think they're going to go past the door to hit him (sighs) I guess, I mean, the explanation sounds amazing. It makes the great game sound really just, I mean, that track and, and your explanation makes it sound so bizarre. But something tells me it's something I really just need to play. Yeah, you <laughs> you, you, you got to try it. You know, we were thinking about, we were talking about this. Uh, I was just going through my collection of games and like, all right, what has a ghosty like type level in it? And then I came to Rhythm mm-hmm. Heaven and I thought, can I do? Yeah, I'm doing this. This is I love this stage so much. I'm I don't care. I'm doing it. Does it make any sense? I like that I played it, and I don't care. It's I, I like that you this. almost questioned yourself, and you're like, no, no, I'm doing it. It's my show. I'm doing it. Exactly. That's really what happened. I was like, nah, I don't care. I'm doing it. It's you know, if it gets if it gets one person to play this game who's never played it before, then I've done my job as a human being. Um, Guess what? I'm that guy. It's. <laughs> you know it's not a complex song it just it makes me happy and it is it's ghosts it's just another direction that haunted halloweeny type stuff can come from because if if this entire episode tells us anything it's that halloween is a versatile holiday oh absolutely absolutely my favorite all right matt talk to us about our next track so i gushed a little bit stealing your words i gushed a little bit about my love for the doom franchise um and it truly really knows no bounds and we had doom we're going to doom 2 hell on earth man the the sequel like how do you make an awesome game better you just put a two next to it and you just keep doing the right thing you just keep doing what works man and and again Doom 1, fantastic. Gameplay was great. It was fairly revolutionary at the time. Uh, probably one of the most popular uh, first-person shooters. You know, at games before, like Marathon and, and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, but you take that franchise, you take that game, and you, like I said, you slap a 2 on it, you bring 
you the music is so integral to sound effects the game but we're talking about music and i'm talking about opening to hell right by robert prince this track mm-hmm. uh, you know i combing through all the doom stuff cuz there is a lot of doom stuff and actually uh, if i may take a take a moment to uh talk about something that i discovered while looking for doom music I found this record that you can play on Spotify because that's where I found it. But it's all over the internet. Uh, it's called um, Doom Soundtrack Rebuild. That's how I found it. If you want, go listen to it. It's this uh, Russian uh, independent... His his website calls him a Russian independent experimental music artist who develops his music by walking at sound's edge. <laughs> uh, his name <laughs> is uh, Andre. Of Kimin, oh man, I'm sorry, dude. Of Kimovich, you're uh, never gonna top my mispronunciation <laughs> of um, the composer to VVV uh, VVV, which is a phenomenal game. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. I mispronounced his name through the entire episode, and then he contacted <laughs> me on Twitter to tell me how to pronounce his name. Oh man! And you know what's great that about is... that? It's phonetic. Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it and I said, of course it's Paulson. I was saying plas on the whole time, thinking it was some sort of fancy schmancy foreign thing. Like, well, it's, it's Paulson. Oh, I'm an idiot. His name his name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> Just but anyway, this this uh this this Russian musician did a, a rebuild, if you will, of you know, music from Doom One, Doom Two, and he used a lot more um modern musical instrumentation guitars synthesizers drums um and elevated a lot of these tracks and actually the track i chose to spend uh, excuse me uh suspense i'm sorry there's a version he does that actually origin that pointed me to the original the, the version he does is fantastic but as far as i was concerned it wasn't from a video game so i wasn't going to use it but i if you dug the suspense track my first pick Go find this guy. Doom soundtrack rebuild. Listen to this stuff. It's awesome. But yeah, I'll, I'll try to, to throw it in the show notes because uh, it's uh, he, yeah, he sent it over to me and and yeah, it's it's I concur. It's rad. So <laughs> so um, yeah, man. Opening to hell. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. Uh, and I it say does. we just get into it. We just do it. I concur. Here we are. Opening to Hell by Bobby Prince from Doom 2, Hell on Earth. Again, the original MS-DOS version. Enjoy.
Well, there you have it. Opening to hell. <laughs> talk, talk to me, Matt. Tell, tell me your feelings, your hopes and dreams. Uh, I kind of want to do just a checklist, and it's it's pretty simple. Um, let's see, dreadful synthesizer, check. Um, random drum hits, check. Check. Uh, well, seemingly weird. random drum hits. Well, sure, Un- until you hit the second portion you know when it when it makes it like uh a more i guess palatable song something where uh listeners may be more accustomed to uh let's see strange synthesizer that sounds like a dog barking check 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 and then <laughs> my my personal favorite Rammstein like whistle check like <laughs> that <laughs> that opening whistle I jokingly say Rammstein like, but you know, you think of that song uh, "Angel" by Rammstein starts with the whistle, very iconic. This song, you know, it's the exact same thing, man. Creepy, creepy whistling sound that just kind of repeats and doesn't necessarily fade away, but it fades into the background of all these other elements that, like the other Doom track, builds on itself, builds the tension, uh, you know, builds the suspense in the player. You know, you couple that with. Um, the actual game itself, the gameplay, the first person, the demons, the what's lurking around the corners, and you've got yourself quite a recipe for, you know, edge of your seat. And oh, most definitely, the, the track certainly delivers that. And, you know, I had said a couple times already that's that was my criteria for choosing songs for this episode was is this something that alone induces some level of anxiety or fear or dread or you know, does it paint a picture in your head when you hear it of, you know, maybe horror tropes and themes? And this is certainly, certainly one of those songs. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think one of my favorite things about it is, um, <clears throat> well, we were talking about how uh, they seem like they're these just these random hits and these sound effects and whatnot that just seem it's all very atmospheric. And then all of a sudden it adds a drum, a drum beat. And all of those things were occurring in a rhythm the whole time. And you just, you, you don't really notice it because there isn't a driving drum beat behind it. It's just this little like, going on, freaking you the hell out. And well, <laughs> then they, they throw in this drum beat and like, oh, oh, we know what we were doing the whole time. Look at that crap. That's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, I, I never remembered the music in Doom 2 as fondly as the music in Doom 1. Uh, right, it was still quite good, and uh, li- like listening back on it now, it's it's fun to be like, wow, there really was some good stuff in here. Because that's the thing about Doom Two is that it it didn't shake things up too much from Doom One. No, it it was not a very risky sequel. Uh, they no, just no, did more of what they did in Doom One, added a couple extra weapons and some mm-hmm. really cool looking enemies. Um, yeah particularly that fire demon dude who would like you know raise his hands up in the air and then once he clenched his fists together you would explode oh boy something I, like that yeah i loved that guy that that pyro demon thing cuz you could get him to fight other guys and then you could watch mm-hmm. him do what he does like so you could tell <laughs> what he was doing to you oh man there's nothing like watching him and an imp go at it and then like he yep. just just slaughter an imp and it would just be like that was awesome now i'm gonna blow you up with a rocket <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for that. Because he wasn't all that tough. It was he was just awesome, like just really mm-hmm. awesome. And then they had those like giant fat guys with two like flamethrowers on their hands. Ah, oh, God, I love Doom. Love Doom. Yeah, man. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna be so elated when you play the new one. I'm, I don't want to even spoil anything. Oh, I'm so just... excited. I can't. I'm. I can't believe it's coming to Switch. Um, and I'm so happy that it is. I've watched mm-hmm. uh, you know gameplay videos of it, and and I can't believe how well it, how good it looks. I'm so excited! Mm-hmm. It's coming so soon. <laughs> so I believe uh, you're up, sir. I am. Uh, oh boy, oh boy, am I up? <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of this one sooner. Like I, this is the third one of these, and this is the first time this even occurred to me to do. This is one of my favorite stupid horror games of all time. <laughs> I absolutely love this game. I love this series, but in particular, House of the Dead 2 was just it because this this happened at like just the best time. And some of my favorite times in my life were uh, going to the arcade and picking up a, like putting money in both slots and putting holding both guns and playing a two player game by myself and just mowing <laughs> down everything. Oh, House of the Dead 2. How how do I love the uh, I bought this day one on Dreamcast launch with a couple of light guns. <laughs> Playing this game at home was just so sick. Oh, the voice acting. The, you can't you can't mention House of the Dead 2 without mentioning just the amazing voice acting. The first words <laughs> spoken in the game are, we're meeting G over there. And I'm not exaggerating. That's how they said it. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like you know Gee? is that a person is that a character's name because like i played house of the dead one the arcade i didn't pay attention to the story okay. <laughs> i had it on saturn i did i just blew up zombies i didn't pay attention to the character names there's a character named g they kill him off right in the beginning of the game oh, oh boy that's a shame dogs rest in peace AMS. g <laughs> rest in peace g oh god this game this, for you, this, homie. this freaking game all right, so House of the Dead 2 soundtrack. Um, let's see. Uh, this was another one that had two different uh, composers listed for it, so I don't know which one of these people did this specific track or if they both worked on it together. I don't know. Uh, but we have Tetsuya Kawauchi, uh, who did the Baku Baku game, which I think is a puzzle game. I actually have it on Game Gear, and it's got a panda on it. I, I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Fighting Vipers, which is a cool-ass fighting game, and House of the Dead 1. And the other person is Haruyoshi Tomita, who did Super Monkey Ball, Yakuza 3, and Virtua Striker 4, among others. So two two folks that are very steeped in Sega lore, because this is all Sega stuff here. And oh, this is this is an awesome track. This one really if I if I could ever send you know pick out any music from House of the Dead, it's this song because you know this is the song to this the first stage. So and it's the one that I played by far the most because you're running <laughs> it continues. You got to start all over again, and uh, yep. it, it's it's a, it's a cool ass song. It's memorable, and it's House of the Freaking Dead. So let's <laughs> go ahead and listen to it. First chapter, a prelude from House of the Dead Two.
right, that was First Chapter, A Prelude from House of the Dead 2. Matt, I didn't ask you before, uh, What is? do you have experience with this this lovely game? House of the Dead, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I was going to chime in and kind of say something that never dawned on me. Uh, being a gamer pretty much my entire lifetime, you said, did you go to the arcade and plunk down enough money to play both guns? Never. And I mean ever in my life has it ever occurred to me <laughs> that if I'm playing by myself, I totally just could have thrown in money for the second gun and just been like Bruce Willis. Yup. And the I best. feel really <laughs> stupid. Like I, you, you really made me feel dumb. Like, oh yeah, I totally could have done that. Couldn't I have? Son of a bee sting. Oh, it's so um, badass. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've obviously like when House of the Dead one and two came out. Like, I feel like that was kind of the height of arcades and stuff because the games were really being pushed forward. And like, who doesn't, you know, just love like a good horror game? I, shooting zombies in the head there's something innately like primal about it nowadays like zombies yeah I'll shoot them let's do it uh so i absolutely have a lot of experience playing part one um i'd say i have maybe roughly the same experience playing part two now part you want to talk about typing of the dead so good part one you know still looked like you know ps1 era play ps1 and saturn yeah. era graphics which were still like pretty chunky looking House of the mm-hmm. Dead 2 just looked incredible at the time. It 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 the voice acting it didn't even matter because you would just sit yeah. there and play this game like, "Oh my god, I can't believe how amazing this looks." There's bits of zombie and bat and everything everywhere. And oh my god, it's so awesome. I freaking oh, on the uh, on the boardwalk, on the Ocean City boardwalk, they had one of the sit-down ones. Where there were like curtains that you'd pull off on either side, so it's like oh, I love those versions. Oh my god, you sitting down, best, and oh my, it's oh man, I wish they still had that one there, but uh, (laughs) damn, I love this game. Maybe uh, maybe that's something you find and put in your basement. Yeah, maybe someday (laughs) after the kids have grown. Man can have dreams, Candy. He he sure can. I'll just put in the Dreamcast version and turn off the lights. I'll be fine. There you go. That works too, man. If any of my light guns still work. Oh, boy. But as for the song itself, I mean, I guess it's not particularly remarkable. Like, it's 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 almost kind of generic in a lot of ways. I, I'll I'll agree with you to some extent. Like, there's there's portions of it that I was like, whoa. You know, there's like a part where this, this synth sound comes out of nowhere. And it's like a it, I, like the first word that came to mind was buzzsaw. Yeah. So naturally yeah, yeah. I, got an, I got this like table saw and then I started thinking about horror movies and like you know, Texas Chain, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just like chopping someone up. So, I mean, I guess it's effective in some way because it, it did make me think a certain type of way. Yeah, I didn't mean generic as necessarily a bad thing. Like, it hits oh. <laughs> all of those notes, but it's like, because that's what this whole thing is. It's stylized as such a B-movie thing. Like, there's no way the voice yeah. acting wasn't intentional. Like, voice acting that bad cannot be a mistake. It's it's <laughs> absolutely incredible. And this music just hits every single one of the notes. Like, it just sounds like a, a sci-fi original movie trying to take itself seriously. <laughs> it's it's insane. And, uh, oh, like, man. yeah, all the, the, like the, the crazy horror sounds. And you got that, like... You got that cool beat going on underneath it that sounds like uh, early nine to mid, let's say the mid to late nineties, early two thousands action movie going on because you're supposed to feel like a badass with a gun, like it's not survival horror. Like this isn't. You know Resident- what? That, that song, that, that song is really Crystal Method. 
the group crystal method. It is. It's very crystal method. That's a good. It's a good pull. That's exactly what this smells like. Because <laughs> you said early, uh, excuse me, mid to late '90s action film. First thing that came to mind was like the replacement killers or mm-hmm. something, and they just like yeah, you're these like track. you're these badasses. Like you're just badasses oh, yeah. shooting zombies like crazy. Like this was not Resident Evil where you're. You know, looking for ammunition or anything. You want more oh, yeah, bullets? Like, shoot off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Every bullet counted in Resident Evil, and this one, it's like, meh, whatever. Just as bad. Just shoot as much and as often as you possibly can pull the trigger. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things I love about it, and of course, I, I this song was also used again in the 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 opus, the true masterpiece that was Typing of the Dead. Which yeah, I made the joke, but that it existed. That game is amazing because, like, this uh, game itself was a joke, and then they took it just a couple of extra steps further with Typing of the Dead because it had all the same cinematics, except your characters mm-hmm. instead of holding guns, they had Sega Dreamcasts attached to their backs and keyboards mm-hmm. hanging down in front of them. And like you'd go to a cutscene where it was supposed to be a guy shooting a zombie, and instead he's poking buttons on a keyboard, and the zombie <laughs> is somehow getting damaged. <laughs> that game, uh, I'll never forget the first time my buddy got it. He had the Dreamcast and I didn't. And he got it, and he pulls out the keyboard, and I'm like, what is this? And then we played it, and I was a better typer, or I don't even think that's a word, but I was better at typing than he was. So, of course, I naturally become the guinea pig, and I was just like, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. It, it literally was like Mavis Beacon for video gamers. Like, oh, uh, you want to learn how to type? You like zombies? Well, have we got the game for you? <laughs> Do you want to type absolutely insane things? Like, because they didn't. Yeah. I wish I could remember half the. That they didn't make any sense. Like, they were just <clears throat> really, really bat guano insane. And like the <laughs> the zombies, instead of holding axes, are holding like giant rubber mallets and stuff. <laughs> and it's I really, really intense like... too, because I'm not that great a typist. So I'd be like oh. playing the chainsaw boss, and you're like typing knock knock jokes or something, and he's like coming at you with a chainsaw. <laughs> and like, where's the M? Where's the M? Hit the M! <laughs> you're playing a two player too, if you have two keyboards, and you got the other person holding you up. And it's like, no, you're supposed to hit space bar there. That's a space. Like I'm looking for the underscore. No, it's a space. And you're just yelling at each other trying to type things as fast as possible and then he hits you with the damn chainsaw and you get a game over oh i love this game oh, <laughs> typing of so intense so good they have his beacon on steroids man <laughs> wayne gretzky on steroids never a bad time to quote ninja turtles all right <laughs> moving on to our next track uh this is another one of mine uh, this is another one that I picked just because you can't, I can't go through a year of Halloween without thinking of one of the weirdest video games I have ever seen in my entire existence. It makes Rhythm Heaven Fever look like, you know, I don't know, Schindler's List. It's, it's what? Monster Party wow. is the insanest of insanes. It is, yeah. wow. It's out there, man. So yeah, Monster Party for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, this is a Bandai game. Uh, if you have never seen or heard of this game before, because it is mm-hmm. is a bit on the obscure side, um, there is a for great. Um, 
I learned about this game from a, a roommate of mine. I was living in Brooklyn, and I was living with this girl, Keely, and a bunch of other guys, and I worked at Game Crazy, and we still carried NES games, and Keely said, uh, Yo, you, do you have Monster Party? So I looked at my collection, and I didn't have it, and I said, I've, I've never played the game. I've seen it around. She said, you should pick up Monster Party and bring it home, and we'll play it. And so um, we went, I, I did, I happened to have a copy at my store. So I picked it up. We went home. I was not prepared at all <laughs> for what I was about to go through because, you know, not many are, uh, you, you can't be because on the surface, it seems like, all right, this, this, this isn't too weird. Um, you know, you, you get the story about the kid and his eyes are moist because he's looking at the moon or something like that. Like that's the word the game uses. It says his eyes yeah. were moist or something like that. And then he fuses with a monster and it's like really disturbing looking and they start playing the game and like you can duck and crawl, but he crawls like an inchworm and you swing a baseball bat and you walk into a room and there's a dead spider that says, sorry, I'm dead. Uh, I, I'm not doing yeah. this any justice. Like seriously, this game no. is freaking bizarre. Find an emulator, uh, you know, play this game. It's it's so out there. Yeah, it's it makes I don't even know where there is. It's it's so yeah. far from there. So uh, it, I found so two. Far, uh, it's come back around. Yeah, it just loops all the way back around to sanity again, and then right yeah. back into insanity. So yeah. um, let's see. The the composers I found for this were uh, Masaki Hashimoto, who did music for other Bandai games, Athletic World, Kabuki Quantum Fighter, and the classic Gilligan's Island for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I really thought that was a typo, but nope. Nope, not. that's real. That's a game. <laughs> um, I remember going to my local shop right, and it was one of those games that was available for rent, and I just never did. I looked at it and said, "I can't, I can't bring myself to be have this be the game I take home. I just can't." Uh, and the other uh, composer is T. Mikumo. Um, I don't know what this person's full name is. He's been credited as a, a bunch of different names, including Avante Mikumo. Um, but he did stuff for a uh, music for Top Writer, Michael Andretti's World GP, and Venus Senki. All time classics. There. That's sarcasm. <laughs> I don't think Clearly. I've played any of those games. No, I've probably played I Michael haven't. Andretti's World GP at some point in my life. But whew, yeah, so the music I picked was the uh, starting music for um, Round 1, Round 1A, Entrance Part 1. Very thoroughly named track there. Um, mm -hmm. I like this song a lot, uh, because if you take away the sheer insanity that is Monster Party, this, uh, again, this is nowhere near the level of that just wonderful track that you played earlier from uh, nightmare on Elm street. Um, but it does have that sort of oddly unsettling vibe that NES games were capable of. Um, just the, the instrumentation of it is really kind of, it's just kind of odd and it gives you this kind of weird, uneasy feeling. At least that's what it does for me listening to it. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Here is round one, a entrance part one from monster party for NES.
was that was it. Um, it's not a complicated song. It's not a long song. It just it does exactly what it should, I think. <laughs> because you can't really put yourself in a position of knowing what the people who made this game intended. Because wow, but uh, if you're trying to make something kind of eerie, I, I feel like this does the trick. And it's it's almost upbeat, but has no percussion. It's just this collection of sounds that always just kind of made me feel a little uneasy, which is uh, why I felt it was the uh, perfect addition for for tonight. It's um, it definitely has its own rhythm, you know. Uh, if you're able to keep a beat, I was just making this joke uh, with my wife earlier about people who clap on the one, the ones and threes versus twos and fours. If you're able mm-hmm. to keep a beat, there's a beat too. There's a rhythm. Uh, you know, I was kind of bopping my head a bit. It's definitely a little unsettling because it's like the same, maybe five, eight notes over and over and over again, and that could be maddening. You know, in a game mm-hmm. like uh, Monster Party, where, like you said, there's just strange things happening. Uh, I think it's completely intentional. I I would hope so. I guess it works. It's so freaking weird. Because <laughs> there's no other answer. There's yeah, there's no <laughs> other answer. It's got to be intentional because it's freaking weird. But yeah, it, it is a really, really strange track. You know, it's it it's got kind of its own bizarre cadence going on the whole time. And it's uh, mm-hmm. it's just weird. And I like it. Makes me smile. <laughs> I like it. Yes, I, sir. Yeah, I like it. I, I I don't have a ton more to say about this one. It was just a, uh, it was just one of those tracks that came up and said, "Yeah, I got to play this because uh, I w- I want to talk about Monster Party," and uh, it's just <laughs> it's it's an interesting song. And there we have it. So we're each up to our last ones. Uh, the yep. next one will be Matt's last pick. So sir. why don't you tell us all about it? So the game that uh, this track came from was. By far and wide, one of my favorite games for the original PlayStation. And maybe it's a little too obscure that it never got like an update or a next platform sequel or something. Or did it? I think maybe actually I take that back. I think it got a, a, a sequel, but it wasn't the same. It just it had at least feel. one sequel. Yeah. You know, I, there was Kagero Deceptions 2 was on, mm-hmm. uh, was on PS1. Yeah, I just... It, I don't remember it, so my guess is that I either never played it or I took a look at it and said, nah. So the game I'm talking about is Tecmo's Deception. Okay, we have, just for poops and giggles, Tecmo's Deception, Invitation to Darkness, uh, Kigero, Deception 2, Deception 3, Dark Delusion, Trapped. What? uh, Trapped, Deception 4, Blood Ties, or, and then there's like a separate version of it called Deception 4, The Nightmare Princess. Holy crap. So there are four, technically five games in the... the. I am a liar. I am an absolute liar. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is I don't re- do research. Um, wow. Okay, well, you know, this show, my second episode guesting, uh, is, is always informative, but this episode has blown my mind apart, apparently. <laughs> um, so anyway, Tech was Deception. Really kind of simple principle. Um is this the Giant Mansion. I've never played this before. Is this the trap laying game? Yes, sir. All Giant right. Mansion uh, that supposedly that the town folk believe has tons of treasure in it. You are the I don't know if you're the caretaker or if you're the owner of the mansion. And basically every level you get X amount of monetary system points and you put traps in the house and then you take like a third person view of the house and as he would be heroes come in 
you set off the traps and you attempt to kill them or scare them off. You know, whatever it takes to keep them away from your treasure. Hmm. Um, so I think that that's a fantastic uh, idea for a game. I'm also a little demented, but that's neither here nor there. The track we're going to play is just titled Track 7. Uh, it's by Takaya, oh boy, Hanaoka. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, he did a bust a move bash exclamation point. Uh, Kakuda Kojin. And of course, Tecmo Super Bowl three. Yeah, I think that's because what do you do after Tecmo's deception? You do Tecmo Super, Super Bowl three. This was actually, I think, the Super Bowl <laughs> was before. I think that was the Genesis one. I'm not positive when I did these. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Bust a Move Bash was the Wii version of Bust a Move. Uh, Kakudo Chojin is hysterical because that was a fighting game by uh, John Tobias, I think. So whereas mm-hmm. Tobias and Boone did the Mortal Kombat games. Boone stuck yes. with Mortal Kombat. Tobias kind of stopped, and then he eventually did Kakuto Chojin, which was not only a flaming pile of crap, but I think it was recalled <laughs> because uh, there was like some sort of like racial slur or something in it, so they recalled it. It's not worth any money, crap. but uh, yeah, it, it's a crappy really? game, and uh, it's got a really terrible title because uh, I can't imagine why Kakuto Chojin didn't sell into the millions because who doesn't want to say Kakuto Chojin? It just rolls off the tongue. I- I'm not going to lie. I kind of just want to say Shoujin a bunch now, but that's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little left. To I think it's the Kakudo that really does it for me. It's a mm-hmm. Shoujin is, is a fun, is a fun word. I can, I can get behind yeah. that. Kakudo. <laughs> not so much. That's just not a hoot. Anyway. Yeah. I've never, um, I've never played any of the deception games before. I remember, I remember this so well because when I worked at Funko Land way back in the day, we had a ton of copies of Kagero Deception 2, and I used to always look mm-hmm. at it and think, that is a really crappy cover, uh, and I don't know what the hell this game is supposed to be. <laughs> and I just never bothered to play it because we had a ton of them, they were cheap, and I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. And I even liked Tecmo's games at the time. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know what it was. Just, just rubbed me the wrong way. I said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So, so this is going to be a brand new one for me. I've, I've never heard this track before. And, and this is uh, really quickly. This is the only song that I actually wrote notes for, because for some reason I thought I'd forget it because I listened to it so long ago. I was like, this is in. This is totally going in. And I wrote notes. So then, of course, I read my notes, and I was like, oh no, 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 no. I didn't forget this. <laughs> so I actually, I, I, I want us to listen to this like right this second, so I can get to my notes because. Yeah, we'll we just, we just go. Tekken, Tecmo's Deception, track seven. Here it is. All right, enjoy. of the game is this from this sounds kind of like a james bond menu like I, the menu I, music from double set from goldeneye on, on n64 like, I, i'm gonna be very honest with you i have no idea i that <laughs> i had that game so many years ago my memory 
just as a kind of whole is is awful. Um, but so okay, so I loved that game. I've, I've said it a bunch of times. I thought it was a great concept for a game. And when when you pitched me the idea, oh, we're going to do another spooky. I want you to be on it. Uh, you know, I was, I was really looking for games that you know had that vibe and stuff. And Tecmo's Deception came up because. I was thinking that Castlevania was just too easy. The Castlevania series, fantastic music all around, no doubt about it. But I felt like it was too simple. Like it's anybody would pick Castlevania. Um, so the next thing that came to mind was actually Tecmo's Deception because again, giant mansion. Uh, you're trying to murder people that are coming in, um, traps, the whole nine. Like, and so, so I, I started listening to the soundtrack, which by the way has like something like thirty something tracks. Mm-hmm. And this one stuck out for the most bizarre reason imaginable. And here it is. This song for me is not scary by any means. Uh, the way the tracks I put up before from Doom and Doom 2, the way they induce like anxiety, edge of your seat, hairs on the back of your neck, all the tropes, right? This mm-hmm. song scares the crap out of me because it's like the ghost of Christmas future pointing to my tombstone and saying this is what could be if you don't change your ways and what i mean is this song reminds me of every bad skinamax film i'd stay up late to watch when i was like 14 and 15 all the stuff that was like softcore pornography right because at the time you're 14 and 15 you want to see naked ladies and stuff the music was always god awful and what scares me about this is that I fancy myself a writer and a filmmaker and things can go south very quickly with just a couple of bad decisions when it comes to making a film, whether it's acting choices, whether it's editing or whatever. And my biggest fear is taking a project that I've, you know, sunk my heart and soul into. I really feel emotionally attached to making a couple, a couple of really bad choices and it becoming a Skinamax film. <laughs> and so this track is just like something that I hear and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll change my ways, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, it's it's an early warning. It's it's the Grim Reaper at my tombstone saying, you know, this is what you could become. And and yes, it's it's totally non sequitur to everything I chose, but it scares the absolute hish out of me, man. <laughs> for those reasons. <laughs> well that's well I, that's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know what else to say at this point. I mean, no words, what, what, just emotions. Yeah, what can you say about this? I mean, I didn't think any of that when I heard it, but now I do. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> now, like, yeah, that that totally sounds like the. Uh, I had a a a very old uh, TV in my bedroom when mm-hmm. I was a kid, and you could like, you know, go to the scrambled channels yep. and like see and hear just a little bit and yeah that was uh Switch this is what it sounded like yep this is this is what my adolescence sounds like wow <laughs> look at that i i know it's gonna be really hard to follow that but i know you got something you got one more for us so, so hit me i man. do i got one more and this is um this is an amazing song uh if you go all the way back to, I believe, our second, the, the, I, I say our, uh, Waveback's second episode. Um, geez, when was that? Let's, let's, let's take a quick look just for poops and giggles. 
my uh, very second episode. No, that wasn't the second episode. It was, um, boy, when was when was this episode? I did, oh, episode three. Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap for your Sega Master System. Um, this song is called Adventure Zone. Now, originally, this, this version of the song would never have occurred to me to be in this episode because the original version is just... It's it's great, but it's 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 not creepy in any way, shape, or form. Well, recently, uh, just earlier this year, they released a an amazing beyond belief remake of Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap, uh, with some of the most gorgeous hand drawn animation I've ever seen in a video game. I know Cuphead is getting all of the attention as far as that's concerned, but Wonder Boy: Dragon's Trap used the same the same I guess tech. I mean. The same exact approach. It doesn't look like a 1930s cartoon. It's not done in that art direction, but it is all animated like a cartoon. Somebody drew animation cells and used that as the sprite work. It is is unbelievably gorgeous. I adore this game. And the soundtrack was uh, completely redone by a gentleman by the name of Michael Gere. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And what he did with the music in this game defies description and one of the things that that is neat about this game is so that you would have this relatively large game and the same songs would play through several parts of it so what he did was he made different versions of those songs to match the different areas in the game so you'd have like the same melody and they all match just like they did in the original master system game but uh there were just completely different compositions of them it's completely different remixes, and they're amazing. This one in particular is just the right level of spooky, because this is, the, um, I believe, the first time you hear it in the game. You are just transformed into Mouse Man, and you're traveling into the woods, which uh, in the original game is just the woods. But in this one, it's kind of spooky. Uh, it's the, the, the woods themselves are very dark. They're drawn in this very kind of eerie manner, and this music is amazing. It goes all over the place uh matt have you played this no i i I haven't uh but hearing you talk about the hand-drawn animation for sprites and stuff i'm i'm very uh intrigued i haven't seen a frame of this game and i'm I'm oh boy well uh i'm very happy that this is going to be your first uh your first taste of what the music in this game is like because uh i think you're going to really like this one this is a i'm so happy to go out on this Here is Adventure Zone from Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. Thank you. 
Hooray. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> wow. I, uh, I'm, I'm really genuinely speechless. That, that was by far one of the best <laughs> songs I've heard maybe all year. And like, we're in October. And that's saying a lot. It's a lot of music, you know. That was absolutely gorgeous. It was so textured, so rich, so alive. It's it's everything a song should be. There's a lot of man. There's a lot of movement in it. There's a lot of emotion in it. Um, it's just a beautiful piece. The strings, the plucking of the strings, and then the violin solo, the the rolling drums, the the squeeze box. This is just so much to it. Um, again, having oh, never yeah, when the squeeze box comes in, <laughs> having having never seen a frame for the original. Uh, that's not true. I may have seen the original years ago, but for the update that you're talking about, the the reboot, I I have so many images, so many images of what this game could be, and what you know. You said the character gets turned into a mouse, and he's in some kind of spooky woods. I can only imagine what that really looks like. But my the music feeds my brain and my brain starts writing things and it's just wow just that was that was fantastic i i'm gonna give you a heartfelt thank you for that and that i'm gonna listen to i don't know a lot over the next i don't know rest of my life <laughs> like i want to hear um, the whole I'm soundtrack i cannot here. wait oh i i yeah i cannot recommend it enough it's it's on spotify it's on it's on all sorts of places. It is worth every penny that you can put towards it. It's really incredible because it is, it's, it's the master system soundtrack. Like this game, this song is so thoroughly reinvented from its original version. It's amazing. It's not unrecognizable. It is immediately recognizable, which is what's nuts because it sounds just from a, from every single angle, it sounds so incredibly different, and it's 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 just madness. It's just pure madness how incredible uh, the the difference is here. Um, yeah, I, where where do you even begin? Like it just it starts off so creepy with just those those strings and the violin, and it just it keeps with that creepy vibe. But oh boy, when it does that little quick turn and the and then it just comes in with the the tubas and the boom boom, and it's wow, it just yeah. wow. And I remember playing the game, the the remake, and being in that part of the game and just being like, Oh my God, I can't believe how good this music sounds. And then that super impressive part came on. I'm like, <laughs> I can't even concentrate on the game. I have to stop and listen to this. It's so incredible. And uh, if you've listened to, I mean, I've, I've talked a lot about this game, obviously on the episode I did on it. Uh, it was one of my favorite episodes that we've done because the, they're, that's what's uh, what's also great about this is that it takes this or, or these original compositions, which um, Michael Gare he worked with uh, Shinichi Sakamoto on these new tracks. Like the original composer knows what he did and and approved of all this stuff. And uh, you can watch these really great videos about him um, taking the original music in all these different directions. And what else is really great on the soundtrack that you can buy. Uh, there's a t 
ton of bonus tracks, which are all different stylistic versions of those songs that just didn't make it into the game. So there's like a a, a carnival style a, a, a song of a version of like the beach theme. It's it's so ridiculous. Um, but this song in particular, like I said, it's not exactly Halloween music, but it kind of is. Like it's it's you know we're not talking about a game about fighting zombies or ghosts or anything like that. Or there are ghosts in the game. Uh, it just the tone of it really, really matches. Uh, it really just just makes it, it work, and uh, it's it's quite incredible. Uh, just in case you are looking for it, the original version of this song is called Mind of Hero uh, in the original uh, Master System release. I'm I'm still I'm I'm still speechless. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got nothing to add to that. Like <laughs> all I'm gonna say is it's it's gorgeous. I'm gonna say that until uh, the day I die. It's, it's such a a gorgeous piece of music. Well, look at that. We we both we both got something awesome and new out of this one. That that yeah, David did. Wise Nightmare on Elm Street song. That that knocked my socks off. That was awesome. <laughs> that's uh, awesome, man. All right, so uh, that's that's going to be it for for this episode. Um, where obviously we're going to leave you with some music, and I I honestly haven't decided what to leave you with because uh, I really wanted to talk about these tracks in the episode um more moreover so i i think i just have to leave you with a classic which would be uh vampire killer from castlevania i know we did it before on our castlevania episode we've done it before on uh, i think we did it on um oh boy we did it on one of the spooky specials i think and it's uh it's it's just such a great uh great classic halloween song so that's what i'll leave you with uh after we do our little credits here at the end so um Thank you again for joining us. Uh, you can uh, hit us up next month where Matt and I are going to be doing another special episode. This time around, it will be themed on Black Friday. How do you theme an episode around Black Friday? You may ask. <laughs> Shop music. <laughs> I am so excited for this. You have no idea. <laughs> I am too. I'm, I am going to start now that I now that we're done with this one I'm going to start really racking my brains on what the best shop music from any video games are. So if you have shop music suggestions, what are your favorite shop musics from any game ever? Hook us up. Send us an email at mailgeek.com. Put wave back in the subject line and and let us know what your favorite shopping music is from a video game. Um it's gonna be a fun and ridiculous episode oh yeah man absolutely and if you listen to the last episode the majora's mask one you better believe that shop music's gonna be played again (laughs) because i will never ever get enough of that shop music once again as always we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories on these games so if you uh and and you can do so on the waveback facebook page just search waveback on facebook and you'll find out more information on our next games as well as a nice convenient place to talk about them of course, you can always uh, still send us an email at mailekek.com, and while you're at it, you can check out all our social media channels, which you should totally like, follow, and subscribe to if you haven't already. Um, and be sure to check out our other great content on our site over at geekade.com. Uh, Matt, do you have any any parting words to leave uh, our listeners with? Uh, you know, we're dropping this on Halloween, so if you're listening to this, just have a safe and awesome Halloween. That's a that is is excellent. Excellent idea. I, I heartily recommend it. And you know what I'm going to do? Uh, and this is what I'm going to do, actually. Um, I am I am a big fan of Banjo Guy Ali. Uh, he is a, a guy who does wonderful YouTube videos um, where he covers video game music online. And he did 
just in at, he's been doing a, a bunch of, of Halloween themed stuff this month, but he did an extraordinary cover of Vampire Killer from Castlevania. So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with today. Hell is yeah. The, uh, Banjo Guy Ollie version of Vampire Killer. Check him out on YouTube. Um, th- throw money at him on Patreon because this guy's <laughs> just just insultingly talented. <laughs> it disgusts me uh, how talented yeah. this guy is. It's His true. he just did a, a cover of Vampire the Masquerade, uh, and and like the original composers of these songs are coming out and telling him he did a great job now. And I'm just like, dude, I love and hate you at the same time. Oh, you're, yeah. you're amazing. And uh, he just did his next one. I'm a I'm a Patreon, so I get to I get to get early access to some of his songs. His next one is also from the original Castlevania, which is it'll be out by the time this episode uh, airs. But it's a song from the original Castlevania that I never gave a second thought to. And uh, his version of it just really elevated it. But his vampire killer is freaking stellar. So enjoy that. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Happy Halloween and good night.